Welcome to Schweitzer Church. Wherever you're worshiping from, we're so glad you're here. My name is Sheila and I'll be your host for this online worship experience. If this is your first time joining us, we wanna give you a special welcome. If you'll check in with us online, we'll send you a virtual gift card and coffee is on us this coming week. We're continuing our worship series on the Sermon on the Mount and Pastor Jason has a great message planned for us in the coming moments. Speaking of the message, we have online sermon discussion questions and more at schweitzer.church next. We invite you to follow along with the sermon and find out more ways to connect. And now, to tell you more about things that are going on here at Schweitzer, here's Stephanie. Hi, welcome to Schweitzer. I'm Stephanie. Next weekend is Labor Day, and we have a really special service planned with a bluegrass group joining us for both services. Also important to note is that on this Sunday, we will have no kids worship or childcare, so plan accordingly. We know you're gonna enjoy this group and bring your kids with you. We look forward to seeing you. This fall, we have several new groups and classes starting up the second week of September. Here's Jim to share a little bit more. Hi everybody, I'm back. It is good to be with you. I've had a really good summer. I hope you have too. And I'm excited to tell you about some fresh new experiences we have coming up this fall as we uh, develop a new uh, season or rhythm of life. And these uh, experiences are really short-term classes. We've been working on them. We have uh, four that are coming up, second week of September. God always calls us to worship, which we're doing, but also do life together. And so these four classes will really help us uh, do that as we go deeper. On Sunday evening, we'll have the book of James as we really explore scripture. On a Tuesday evening, we'll have the questions God asks us as we really look at uh, what God has for us in the midst of questions. We know scripture is a guide and also gives us answers, but there are lots of questions too to wrestle with in a good way. And then on Wednesday morning, we'll have a, uh, a class that's called uh, Seamless, an understanding of scripture. It's kind of the big picture of scripture, 30,000 feet, but we'll come on down, we'll land the plane. So we look forward to that. And then on Wednesday evenings, it's all about missions. We'll have a, uh, a missionary, uh, Lynn Bartlotti, who has been in mission most of his adult life, all over the world, what it's like to become a missionary, uh, what God has for us in that area. And so we really look forward to uh, this, uh, this fall, next few weeks, going deeper with God and each other. Let's keep worshiping together and doing life together. Pick one. <laughs> See you there. Thanks, Jim. Again, you can learn more about these classes at schweitzer.church Bible. Also coming up this fall on Wednesday nights, we have something for all ages, including kids programs, student ministries, and more adult small groups that you can participate in. You can find out more at schweitzer.church. A couple other ways you can get connected this September include our next second season lunch this Thursday at 1130. And at the end of the month on September 30th, we are excited to announce our women's retreat. This is being called a hometown retreat because it's happening right here in Springfield and will be two days of encouragement and more. You can stay connected or sign up for an event by going to our website at schweitzer.church 
downloading the Church Center app, or signing up for our e-newsletter. We are so grateful that you're here this morning. Let's continue with worship. Thanks, Stephanie. If you're worshiping with us live today, we invite you to join in the chat. Say hello to your friends. Give us your insights. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we have people waiting in the prayer room just for you. And now, let's continue in worship. Every breath that I am in 
of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. As we come to this time of prayer, we want to thank God just for the gift of prayer, for the opportunity to talk to Him at any point of any day. Let's pray together. God, we glorify you through our worship today. We thank you for the privilege and the honor of freely worshiping you during this time. We ask your presence, we ask your Holy Spirit to be with us. And God, today we want to ask you to inspire us to serve others, to care for others, and to treat others in the way we would want to be treated. We know that our world is full of so much turmoil and and so much anger and frustration. And God, that's not who we are as Christians. I pray that we will focus on you, that we will remember that kindness is the key to understanding that we are here to serve you through our gifts, through our acts, and through our words of kindness. God bless us as we glorify you in each and every day. And now, God, we ask you to be with us as we pray the prayer that you taught us together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I am so excited to tell you about things that have happened just this past week at Schweitzer Church. It's because of your giving that these things can happen. But last Sunday evening, we had a river baptism at the park. We had over 150 people there. We had a great picnic. We had the ice cream truck. But the best part was the beautiful day and the baptisms that happened there. We've got a video to show you about this great event. I've been going here for six or seven months and I've been listening. Um, I've been studying, I've been watching and I knew that my next step was to give my, my life to the Lord, to, to say, this is all for you. Everything I will do from this point forward will be in your name.
past Sunday, I was blessed with, with getting baptized. Um, probably the proudest moment of my life. And um, it's, it's just changed who I am. So from this point forward, I want to continue to study. I want to learn. I want to go to Bible studies. Um, I know the Lord has touched me and reached me so I can get the, the word out to other people. I'm a very, very blessed person. Wow, what a great afternoon it was. The stories behind these people that came to Christ were beautiful, and we had so many people in our congregation there to cheer them on and support them. Thank you for what you do to support ministry at Schweitzer. Just as a reminder, you can give online at schweitzer.church give. And now, here's Pastor Jason with our message. Blessed are the meek, the poor in spirit the peacemakers, the persecuted. Seek God's kingdom, care for widows, love your enemies, turn the other cheek, give, pray, fast. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Hello and welcome to Schweitzer. I'm Pastor Jason. So glad you've joined us today as we continue in our sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. I have a question as we start our time off together. A couple of different questions for you. Uh, if you could summarize Christianity into a basic statement, a really, really basic statement, what would you say? How would you describe it to somebody else? What words would you use? Um, we might use the words or some of these phrases might describe it for us, like Christ died for our sins, or Jesus is Lord, or God loves the world. We may describe it that way. And then another question for you, if you were asked to convey to maybe a young person or somebody else who was exploring the faith, um, you know, if you were to take that sense of confession and turn it into action, how would you answer the question, what is God looking for from us then? Is God looking for just a confession or is he looking for something else? And if you, if you faced a question like that, someone might, you might respond something like this. Well, the Lord is looking for us to love God and to love our neighbor. Or we may, if we're in the Methodist tradition, we may use the phrase that John Wesley said, where he said something like this, modified a little bit. Do no harm, 
uh, do all the good you can and stay in love with God. Or we may turn to a phrase that we're going to hear today from the Gospel of Matthew that says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. That's maybe how we might describe what God is looking for from us. Now the questions, these two questions I've posed to you, to myself and to all of us, are religious questions. They speak to our creed and our ethic. They speak of our beliefs and our practices. What they don't speak about is our being. That is, our being or the makeup of our souls or our hearts. And one of the things that we've been discovering as we walk through the Sermon on the Mount, as we've li listened to Jesus describe who God is and what the kingdom of heaven is like and how there is a need for a transformation to take place, We've heard Jesus describe how all of us, all of us are both invited into the kingdom and all of us have a need for a transformation to take place deep inside of the fullness of our beings, deep inside of our hearts. Because, because following after him and living a life in the kingdom isn't just about avoiding certain things or doing certain things or believing certain things or practicing certain religious beliefs, but it's about, it's about having the kingdom of heaven transform us so that with all of our beings, we are being reflective of who God is like. Well, today we're going to see how what we've encountered and what we encounter as the golden rule flows from a heart that is transformed and how prayer is the fuel of a transformed heart and how it frees us from self-righteousness and judgmentalism. Now, if you've got your Bibles with you, I'd like to to invite you to join me in the reading of Matthew 7, 7 through 12. Again, Jesus is teaching a group of people who've been following after him, interested in what he has to say, and he delivers one of the most famous sermons ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. Here's what he says in this piece. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you'll find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You, parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the Law and the Prophets. Now, as we get down to the end of that teaching, Jesus gives us that phrase. Um, do to others whatever you'd like them to do to you. This is the essence of all the Law and the Prophets. Many commentators have taken the time to highlight this is like the capstone, the summary of what Jesus has been teaching about the kingdom of heaven as a lived experience. Everything that we've, we've heard about up to this point, um, many things that Jesus has talked about when he's talked about anger or divorce or adultery or keeping uh, your word or revenge or loving your enemies or even the practices of, of prayer, fasting, giving to the poor, all of it, is kind of fulfilled here and, and summarized here. In, in fact, if you go back into some of the apocryphal books, those books that were written between the Old and the New Testaments, 
there's, there are summaries similar to what Jesus is saying here, but they're not often labeled the golden rule. Sometimes they're labeled the, the silver rule. In the book of Tobit, for instance, there's um, a line that says, do to no one what you yourself hate. In the book of Sirach, there's this, this line of recognize that your neighbor feels as you do and keep in mind everything you dislike. Um, those are ways to summarize how we ought to approach living with one another. And they're passive ways of describing how we should treat one another. What Jesus does here in this, in this golden rule is he takes a place of assertiveness. He asks us to live into a place where we don't live by saying these things are out of bounds, but he's asking us who are transformed by the kingdom to live an active participation whereby we, when we approach other people, we do for them whatever we'd like done to us. And uh, it's, it's a rule that many of us can hang our hat on. We can pass along to, to younger folks who are around us. We can share with those around us. What is it to live as a Christian? We can talk about this. Yet, as we talk about it, there is a challenge that we pose or that comes into the forefront to us as we listen to this rule. I heard this challenge recently at a graduation of a Jobs for Life class. Now, Jobs for Life is a class that, that Schweitzer and now Flourish operate. It's for people who are looking for work or um, they, need to, they need to upgrade some of the things in their life. And so the Jobs for Life helps people to become job ready. At the end of their class experience, there's a graduation ceremony. And recently, one of, the, one of the speakers at the graduation brought out the golden rule as a way that many people will try and interact with others, and, and even so on the job. And then he gave a challenge, and the challenge went something like this. Can we go beyond the golden rule? Is there a place for us to do that? He, he offered this degree. He said, maybe instead of saying... We're going to do for others whatever we'd like done for us. He said, maybe instead of that, maybe our question ought to be, why not do for others what others would like done or to or for them? The speaker's commentary, the speaker's question, revealed a loophole that exists in the golden rule, especially if one takes the golden rule out of the context of the Sermon on the Mount. For, in essence, it makes me or you or whoever is saying it the center of the understanding of what is good. Let me illustrate it like this. I love whatchamacallit candy bars. I have loved whatchamacallit candy bars since I was just a kid. And whenever I had 50 cents or a buck, I'd get a whatchamacallit candy bar and a Pepsi. Those two things went together. So one of the things that I love, if I'm, if I'm going to pick up a candy bar, it's going to be most likely a whatchamacallit. I really believe, and my family knows this, that whatchamacallits are the best. Now imagine, if I'm the person who's the center of understanding what is good, imagine what am I going to do to others? Well, at Christmas time, I have been known to go into a store, buy a bunch of whatchamacallit candy bars, and stick them in all the stockings of the people in my house. Because whatchamacallits are the best. But you see, we may have a challenge to the golden rule because my family has a different notion. 
they have other kinds of candy, just in terms of candy bars that they think are better than whatchamacallits. Now, to think about whatchamacallits, that's pretty humorous. But it doesn't take long to think for a couple of minutes about how this could apply to a number of areas in life. And if, if we take the golden rule out of its context within the Sermon on the Mount, if we take the golden rule out of the context of the goodness of God, we end up seeing how there are moments in history, moments in our own life, where what we thought was good was not necessarily good to somebody else. Jesus grounds the golden rule back in the sense of grace and prayer and the person of God. At the beginning of Matthew 7, we heard Jesus, after taking, through a, taking us through a whole series of teachings around how are we supposed to relate with our possessions, with our, with our prayer, our giving our tithes to the Lord, he takes us to this place of of encouraging us to guard our hearts against judgmentalism and a sense of self-righteousness. Because all of us, all of us have specks in our own eyes. And we have, all of us have a need for the Lord's Spirit to do a work in us so that we are dependent upon the grace of God and not anything of our, of our own doing. And then right before he gets to the golden rule, Jesus returns to the subject of prayer. Something that he's talked about way earlier in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, he talks about don't babble on, don't think that prayer is this thing that gets you good graces, and then he teaches us how to pray. This time Jesus comes back to prayer, and he says these words, ask and seek and knock. Because just as you do that, you know, and, and as children do that with their own parents, as a parent, you're going to give good gifts to those who come to you. And the Lord is going to give good gifts to those who ask, seek, and knock. Now, <clears throat> Jesus' insistence and in grounding the golden rule back into this place of prayer. Andrew Murray, who uh, wrote a significant book on prayer, says this. It proves this teaching again, this coming back around to prayer. It proves Jesus knows our heart. How doubt and distrust toward God are natural to us and how easily we are inclined to rest in prayer as a religious work without an answer. And Andrew Murray goes on after a bit and he says, But prayer, it is in prayer and its answer that the interchange of love between father and child takes place. Andrew Murray <clears throat> points us to this reality that Jesus, that, uh, that Jesus is really just putting right squarely in our faces. Prayer is not supposed to simply be a religious exercise or a way to tell the Lord what we want or to see what the heavens will do or what the cosmos will do, but in praying and taking the things that we think about, that we desire, that we want to the Lord, who is a father, intimate conversation, in praying, in waiting for answers, in asking, in seeking, in knocking, the Lord interacts with us. And in interacting with us, in giving us space where we ask and we wait, we listen, we come back, we ask, we wait, we listen. The Lord begins to shape our hearts. And in shaping our hearts, He begins to fill us with grace and love and faith and courage and patience and all the gifts of the Spirit. The, the Spirit begins to play with our hearts and to shape us into the kind of people 
that we're meant to be. So Andrew Murray says, Jesus comes back around to prayer because he knows we'll rely on something that isn't true. But if we're going to get to the place where we really lean into the goodness of God and we treat others out of the goodness of God, we've got to come back frequently into the very presence of God. And when we do, he says, when we do, the Lord will begin to answer us. He, he goes on to lament that many of us never get to a place where we have received answers from the Lord. But we, we do prayers and exercise, but we don't expect God to answer. <clears throat> Archbishop William Temple, who died in 1944, said this about prayer. He said, when I pray, coincidences happen. He said, when I do what Jesus says to do, ask, seek, and not, somehow, some way, the Lord begins to work in that. Upcoming here at Schweitzer in October, in, in the middle of October, near the end, there's going to be a, a healing, prayer, training, and, and exercise experience that takes place. Um, this exercise and this training experience is going to expose us to praying, especially around healing, in ways that may, for some of us, really challenge us and push us to a new level. And yet it's a very practical expression of Jesus' invitation to grow in prayer and to grow to the place where we open ourselves up fully to what God wants to do in our hearts. So, before Jesus gets to the golden rule, before he says to all of us, do to others whatever you'd like them to do, this is fulfilling everything, he says to us, keep on asking and you'll receive. Knock and the door is going to be opened. Persist in prayer, Jesus is saying. James Bryan Smith said, not only does prayer open us up to what the Lord has for us, but by the act of prayer and by these words of Jesus, the golden rule can actually be lived out and we can see it's nested in the goodness of God. He's for, he says, for, think about those words, ask, seek, and knock. When we begin to ask the Lord or we begin to pray for others, we begin to ask other people what their prayers are like. We begin to listen. And we begin to listen with a, with a new attuneness, not to what we think others need, but what, what they think they need and what God might want to do. And, and when we go to the Lord on the behalf of others, we begin to invite God into the situation, into their lives. And when we begin to pray on behalf of others, we begin to have compassion and less criticism for others. And, and when we begin to ask the Lord to do a work on behalf of others, we open ourselves up to the wisdom of God that's available to us and for others. And seeking and knocking, those are active words of persistence and standing with one another. So this whole thing that Jesus is taking us to, the place where he takes us to at the end of the day where he says, do to others whatever you'd like them to do to you. He's really nesting in. And he's building off everything that he said, but he's really building it off the goodness of God. And how do we carry this out? How is the golden rule good news to our life? Well, it's good news not when it just is a commitment of our mind. It's good news when it's actually part of the life we live because of a heart that's been transformed. 
And transformation, my friends, comes to us in and through prayer as God's grace and his powers, as his Holy Spirit is poured into us and it begins to shape us and it does a work of transformation of love so that when we see others, when we interact with others, when we're around others, whether they be friends or enemies, whether they be brothers and sisters, or they be distant people that we've never met before, we can ask, we can seek, we can knock, we can seek and and knock, we can embark to do good, to do the good that not only we would like, but they would like, that the Lord would like, because our hearts are shaped by the kingdom of heaven. And deep in our hearts, when we open ourselves up to praying, deep in our hearts resides the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And they begin to shape the fullness of our being. And that's how we live. For God's goodness, God's glory, and the goodness of all those around us. And there is within our own heart a sense of peace and settledness and joy. N.T. Wright said, You get the sense when you listen to Jesus in the fullness of this sermon that Jesus is a very happy person. I hope and pray that as you give yourself to a sense of prayer and abiding and seeking to fulfill everything Jesus has said, that you deeply in your life will find the happiness of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I want to thank the team that made this service possible and especially Pastor Jason for his meaningful message. If you know someone who would benefit from this message, we invite you to share it on social media. Thank you so much for doing that. I invite you back next week for the final week of our sermon series on Sermon on the Mount. It's been a great series and you won't want to miss this. Have a great week and we'll see you back here next week.